May the Lord watch between you and me when we are absent one from the other. Genesis 31, 49. Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I am your host, Phil Gonzalez, and let's just start off by addressing the fact that this week's Bible quote is weirdly inappropriate for this story. Uh, Genesis 31:49 is smack in the middle of the, I want to say argument, it's kind of an uh, uncomfortable handshake agreement between Jacob and his father-in-law Laban. If you don't know the story in Genesis. This is all about Jacob and the birth of his sons and him getting his wives. And if you're familiar with Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, you know that he had a bunch of sons, all from different wives. I mean, not all from different wives, but the reason he has so many sons from so many different wives isn't just because guys were allowed to marry as many women as they could, but because he was in love with Rachel, right? And so he goes to her father-in-law and is like, can I marry your daughter Rachel? And his father-in-law, Laban, is like, yeah, but you gotta you gotta work for me for seven years. And at the end of the seven years, Laban tricks Jacob into marrying his other daughter, Leah. And so Jacob's like, well, okay, well, can I marry Rachel? And he's like, well, first you gotta work for me another seven years. So he works for him another seven years, gets to marry Rachel, but he can't have kids with Rachel, so he keeps trying to have kids with the other wives. And then Rachel's like, well, here, sleep with like this woman, and then you'll have kids with her, and we'll pretend that they're mine. And he keeps trying and trying and trying. Finally, yada, yada, yada. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens. He finally has his final child with Rachel, and that's Joseph. And that's why he says, like, Joseph's mother, she was quite my favorite wife. I never really loved another all my life or whatever. And so it which is a really stark uh, lyric, but also true because he just wanted to marry this one woman and have kids with her, but he ended up having to like marry all these other women just in an attempt to have kids with his other wife. I, it's really complicated, but it, it, the long story short, he was not happy with Laban. Eventually, he figures out that he's not ever going to be free from Laban, so he and his wife and his kids, his wives, I'm sorry, uh, they pack up in the middle of the night and flee, and Rachel steals also the idols from her father's tent, like of all his gods, and they go to return to Canaan and be with uh, uh, Jacob's family. So it's this long story. Uh, eventually, Laban figures out what's happening. He runs and catches up. God appears to him in a dream, and he's like, I don't you touch a hair on Jacob's head. So Laban and Jacob have this huge fight, this like argument about uh, like how wronged La Jacob has been by Laban. Like it's a big like just blow up. He just calls Laban out on all the trickery and all the horrible things he's done. And Laban's like, well, God, your God, your father's God told me that I can't do anything against you. So I guess we got to find some kind of truce here. And so they work out this basic, basic truce. And in the middle of it, uh, uh, they they say Laban said like, so they build this like heap of rocks and Laban says this heap is a witness between you and me today that's why it was called Galid it was also called Mitzpah because he said may the Lord keep watch between you and me when we're away from each other that's the quote that Mike Berenstain started this book with now he frames it as a quote of just like may the Lord protect us when we are not together because we're a family but what it really seems to be saying is because he says may the Lord keep watch between you and me when we're away from each other, if you mistreat my daughters, or if you take any wives besides my daughters, even though no one is with us, remember that God is a witness between you and me. And 
it's a threat. It's a, it's a threat. He's like, he's saying that God that you worship, not my gods, because my gods are these idols that I seem to not be able to find. He can't find the idols because Rachel had hid them in the camel's saddlebags. And then she sat on the saddlebags. And then when he tells her to get up so he can search the saddlebag, she's like, can't dad, I'm on my period. And so his dad's like, I guess I don't want to touch period saddlebags. I don't know. It works. Uh, that's also like held up as like Rachel being like super smart. Uh, she is super smart, but also like she just sat on the saddlebag. She's like, sat, can't get up. I can't get up, dad. I'm on my period. So that's a fun story. And this whole conversation is just full of veiled threats to each other. And this quote that starts off this week's book is a veiled threat. It's not even a veiled threat because he's like, don't you forget that even though you're going to another place, God is what your God, your dad's God is watching you. Wish I had my little idols and I could, I don't know, maybe my gods would curse you. I don't know. It's a threat. So funny. And that's not even the first or last weird thing to happen in this week's book. The Berenstain Bears Gifts to the Spirit Family, which begins with a quote from probably the most non-loving, wildly contentious family story in the Bible. <laughs> a story of how family is all about marrying as many women as you can because one of them can have babies, also because her father is a jerk who tricks you into marrying his other kids. It's just buck wild that this is the lifted quote. I, are there no other quotes about how awesome family are is in the Bible? Don't know, but Mike made a choice and he stuck with it and this book is a lot better than that quote also this book is about a much more loving family than jacob and his father-in-law uh yeah so the baron saint bears gifts of the spirit family 2022 it's the second to the last in our series even though the more more are coming out it's the second to the last that i own that have been published so far uh it's an interesting book because there's a lot of things that happen in it that Harken back to things we've already touched on, but contradict them, but bring up more mysteries. Uh, it's Brother Bear's birthday. Now, we have celebrated Brother's birthday a number of times on this show. We celebrated his birthday in the Berenstain Bears and the Green-Eyed Monster. We uh, celebrated his birthday in the one in the book that the Berenstain Bears and the Green-Eyed Monster is based on. It's like the Bear... What is it? The Berenstain Bears, like, get jealous or whatever, or jealous. It's the one... It's a Cub Club book that they expanded on for Green-Eyed Monster that people forget about but it's like the first appearance of the Green Monster. It was his birthday there. Berenstain Bears and the Birthday Boy. Like, it just, they keep celebrating Brother Bear's birthday. We've celebrated Sister's birthday, uh, too much birthday, but that was a bad birthday. But Brother Bear has celebrated his a birthday. We've celebrated it with this boy, and it is time to celebrate it again. Uh, it, and it's going to be a bang-up party. Uh, they are hanging up streamers, they are making a cake, and Brother's excited because it coincides, his birthday party is coinciding with family coming into, and I like this, I like that they're not just coming into town for his birthday, extended family is coming into town to visit Grizzly Gramps and Gran, and Brother's like, so they're all coming to my party, right? Now, it's interesting that none of his friends are coming to this party, but Brother doesn't seem to mind. This is just a family party. It's a huge party blowout with balloons and streamers and cake but only family is invited to this party now visiting the now okay <laughs> coming visiting gramps and grant are uncle tex who we've met and aunt may who we've not met so i was like aunt may who's aunt may not spider-man's aunt may uncle tex's aunt may brother's aunt may the cubs aunt may so i looked it up brother bear okay we've met uncle tex it was in the berenstain bears visit uncle tex the berenstain bears out west uncle tex 
He's popped up a few times. We're familiar with Uncle Tex. So I looked it up, and the last time, when we first met Uncle Tex, the Berenstain Bears went to Texas, went to Uncle Tex's ranch, hung out with him, learned to ride a horse. Papa Bear was bucked off the horse, and he was taken care of by Uncle Tex and Uncle Tex's wife, Aunt Min. Okay, so we've talked about this. How many men has Aunt Min been married? Well, you can add another one to the list because Aunt Min was at one point married to Uncle Tex. So Willie, and now she's, I guess, Cousin Fred's mom. But at one point she was lived in Texas. She was married to Uncle Tex. But that also got me looking and I realized... I was only looking at at Cousin Fred's parents, but Aunt Min was married to Tex, but she was also involved with a guy named uh, Uncle Wilbur at one point. Uh, She was with Uncle Wilbur in the Berenstain Bears Give Thanks, a Living Lights book. So you can add to Aunt Min's growing number of ex-husbands, Uncle Tex and Uncle Wilbur. Now, she was with Willie at some point, but I don't think Willie was Wilbur, or they would have just called him Willie. So, um... You know, that's that. Now, in the Berenstain Bears family get-together, there is an Aunt Min, but the Aunt Min in the family get-together was Great Aunt Min, so I guess Min is a family name. So we could understand this to be that this is a different Aunt Min. Maybe Min is just a popular bear name, but I don't think so. I just think that Aunt Min has just divorced a lot of bears in this one family. I think that she's an aunt by marriage, and she loves the bear family. Maybe it's just, I don't know, the quality of their salmon. She wants to stick around, but... She's gonna marry a. She's gonna marry a, a member of the bear family. She's just. She's going to, and it's going to be someone close to them. She's gonna stay close to these bears come heck or high water. In any case, that's my Aunt Min coverage uh, from this book. She's. She's no longer with Uncle Tex, obviously, but Aunt May is. Uh, so the bears are excited. The cubs are excited. Brothers excited about the impending party and the impending visiting bear relatives. And she calls him a fat little baby. <laughs> so Mama is very excited that Brother Bear is growing up. She calls him a fat little baby, and he's like, "Why you call me fat little baby?" And uh, well, actually, that's not what it says. Sister and Honey overhear them. A fat little baby. They said, "Do tell." And I love that the cubs. I do love that the cubs. Use the expression, do tell. Like, oh, oh, fill us in, mama. Do tell. Spill the tea, mama, uh, on this fat little baby. Now, you could say it's not cool to refer to your kids as fat, uh, even if you're referring to them as fat little babies. When I was a kid, my, a little kid, my nickname from my sister was was Chubbs. She called me Chubbs. I don't know why. I wasn't a particularly large child. I guess my sister was just being mean. But she called me Chubbs. And then when my cousin Micah was born, my sister started calling her Baby Chubbs. And so those were our nicknames for a brief period of time, Chubbs and Baby Chubbs, until my parents pulled us aside one day and said, hey, that's not cool. Don't call your relatives Chubbs or Chubby or anything like that because you're going to give them a complex and it's not cool to to make fun of people's size or weight. And that's probably a, the most progressive thing my parents said to us when we were kids. Uh, lay off, they said. That's not that's not a fun nickname. You're you're gonna make someone. You're trying to make someone feel bad about their weight. And I was. I remember thinking when I was a kid. I don't feel weird about my weight. I just thought it was a fun nickname. But looking back, thank you, my parents, for step stepping in and saying and putting the kibosh on Chubs and Baby Chubs. Now we're not gonna get the same wild complex in Berenstain Bears books because Mama says, well, all of you Cubs were chubby. We're bears. You don't often see a skinny bear. And so Mama is also hanging a lampshade on the fact that all the bears look kind of the same. They all have the same build. There's 
Bears are bears. Bears are shaped like bears. The women bears are shaped like the men bears. They all have the same body type. You don't see skinny bears because we only have one body type. I don't even know why the concept of fat little babies even exists. There's nothing to compare it against. We are all built exactly the same. Uh, we don't even have secondary sex characteristics in bear country. We all have the same bodies. Something I've always respected in the Berenstain Bears. Like when you see like, it's a female fish because we've drawn big lips and breasts on her. Or it's a female penguin because we've drawn weird lips and breasts on her. Not in the Berenstain Bears world. The women don't have uh, a visible uh, breasts because they're bears and they're just, they're shaped like bears. Thank you for keeping that a thing. It's just, it's, it's, it's always stood out to me as a positive in bear town. Bear country, bear world. They're just, they're all kind of rotund. It, we, I think I brought this up when they did the bear and bears and too much junk food because she pointed out that Papa was gaining weight. And I was like, how, how can you tell? Like, you're supposed to be covered in like a layer of fat. You're bears. You hibernate. You go into torpor in the winter. I mean, I know they don't anymore, but it, they did. So their bodies exist to that. In any case, love your body. Your body's beautiful. Uh, but Mama pulls out a bunch of baby pictures to show the kids, and she's like, look, you were all adorable kids, and they were cute. We see pictures of uh, Honey in front. It's sort of a flashback. Uh, it's, it's a rough drawing because it's supposed to be an old photograph, but it's a callback to when Honey was born, a callback to when Sister was born. You kind of see her in bed, uh, and Mama's like hugging them all and squeezing them tight, and, and she's like, you guys are such blessings to me and your papa, and Brother's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you saying that we are blessings even when we're bad? And Papa says, look, you're never that bad, which is true, especially brother. Bro brother and sister, they misbehave. They get a, they get up to Dickens, but it's it's a nice reminder that misbehaving doesn't make you a bad person. Like, everyone misbehaves. Everyone breaks the rules. Everyone pushes boundaries. That doesn't mean you're a bad kid. That doesn't mean you're a bad person. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a poor parent who refers to their child as a bad kid, uh, especially when they're just doing what kids do which is misbehave all kids misbehave in some cultures that's a sign that the kid is like a good kid because you're supposed to push against authority you're supposed to challenge rules you're supposed to question what you're told that's what makes you an independent thinker it's what makes you a strong person it's what makes you a leader or even a good follower is to always wonder if what you're being told is right if what you're being told to do is the right thing that's a value that a lot of parents have or should have and so Bob is like you know even when you're bad you're not that bad like you're your brother bear it's not like the Berenstains were like I am going to create the new Dennis the Menace and I'm not talking about U.S. Dennis the Menace I'm talking about UK Dennis the Menace the one with the dog like well I guess they both have dogs the one with the mean dog though I was gonna say the one with the sling they both have slingshots uh UK Dennis the Menace the one with the crazy hair and the evil look in his eye except I guess they've recently redone the UK Dennis the Menace so he's like a nice boy now too in any case we always ruin our dennis's the menaces brother bear was never that uh and so and Bill papa's like look we're we're a family families are always a blessing uh and mama and mama had a point papa has a point and so they start reminiscing about all the stuff they've been through and we see some wonderful callbacks to previous books uh but it says uh, all the joking and laughing all the crying and yelling all the playing and picnicking all the accidents and adventures the happy times the tough times the triumphs and defeats. It was all part of being a family. And we see Mike has drawn flashbacks to books going so far back as uh, some of the early, early, early uh, uh, I Can Read It Myself books. The 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 early Stan and Jan books because we see Papa diving into the, to the I think it's the Berenstain Bears Go On Vacation or whatever where they're at the seashore and Papa's wearing his like full body swimsuit. Uh, which of course didn't have honey, but we see honey in the picture. But we see the bears driving in their roadster. We see Brother has dropped 
a bowl of porridge and is, is wailing about it. We see brother and sister pointing and fighting at each other from the Berenstain Bears getting a fight. Uh, we see the broken lamp from the Berenstain Bears and the truth. We see sister defeating Papa at checkers and Papa throwing a tantrum because of it. We see them all hugging each other. We see them arguing with each other. And I like that it's that it says uh, the joking and laughing, the crying and yelling, uh, the accidents. I, I think I like that it says the tough times, like the happy times and the tough times, the triumphs and the defeats. Uh, because sometimes, yeah, as a family, you feel defeated. As a family, you feel like you've reached your lowest point. And 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 Papa says that that's still a blessing. And brother and the and, and sister and honey are like, you know what? That's this is literally all part of being a family. And if I and if I want to reiterate anything that the Berenstain Bears stand for, it's that these gifts of the spirit, uh, caring and sharing and love, uh, trust. I was gonna say fair is fair. I guess fair is fair. But those va those gifts. Uh, and remember, they are gifts are always in action. T O and an action verb. Uh, these are things you do. These aren't things you just possess because they're a gift. Just so you give them, and the only way to give these gifts is by acting on them. Uh, the gift of family is not is a mixed bag. It always will be a mixed bag. Uh, and if there are good things with it, there are hard things with it. Uh, some families are a lot harder than others. Uh, but even, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say that even the worst families have good things about them because the worst families clearly don't have good things about them. Uh, but we also know from these same books that family isn't those people who you live in a house with. Family is an extended concept. Family exists outside your blood relations. Family is your community, is anyone who loves and cares for you. And by loving and caring, of course, we mean gives you the space to be who you are. Uh, but for this family, the immediate family, this nuclear family, uh, the Cubs are learning that it's all about taking the good and the bad, as long as the bad isn't terrible. But arguing, being disappointed, uh, being defeated by your failures or your perceived failures, doing it together in a, in a healthy family, that's part of being a family. Uh, and I know it's a little idealistic and that there's a lot more to being a family than just that, but it's a good start. It's a good start. And when you put these books, these books kind of work as, a, as like a complex puzzle. When you put them all together, they do equal sort of this, this not idealized, but the way things work. Like an ideal engine isn't always going to work. I mean, ideally it would always work, but an ideal engine just gets you where you're going. And sometimes it breaks down. Sometimes you have to fix it. Uh, sometimes it runs more smoothly than other times, but that engine's, if it's doing its job, it's getting you where you want to go. And... I think that's kind of what these books are saying. Like you put all these gifts together, you get a functional community, you get a functional society and family is part of that. Uh, and so mama and sister asks mama, so what are your favorite family times? And mama says, you know, the most precious times are just the ordinary everyday times, like reading stories at bedtime or going for a walk on a crisp autumn day or gathering around a cozy fire on a snowy evening, just being together. And I'm thinking about, what I consider my favorite family times. And they are the times that we honestly don't do enough of. They are the times when we're together. Uh, just sort of, I mean, when it's just, when we're just cozied up on the couch together, uh, watching a TV show or something, that's a great family time. And we're not getting as much of it as we used to because, you know, kids get older and they don't want to be hanging out with their parents as much. That's part of being a family as well. Uh, learning to give people their space and realize that sometimes people need more space than they used to. Uh, my favorite times have been uh, not even like family vacations, but doing things and having fun on those vacations, uh, exploring a beach 
church together, uh, going to the house on a rock together. Uh, but it's the together part that's fun. That makes them favorite times. And I like that Mama says reading stories at bedtime because you know what? I still do that. I do that with Mitzi. And uh, we're currently on the final uh, Patricia Highsmith Ripley book. That's I've been doing this for so long. We've gone from Berenstain Bears to Tom Ripley. It's just... I love reading. I love reading to my kids. And I don't do that with Willow, of course, because Willow's 21. And But I have a podcast with Willow. And that's kind of the same thing. It's the closest we can get to it right now. Or maybe for the rest of our lives. I don't know. But knowing that we're reading the same things kind of works in the same way. I mean, this is reminding me that I need to call Willow. So uh, great family time. What are your favorite family times? Like, what are you, the things that you really hold on to when you think about good family times? And if you don't have good family times in your memory, uh, what are your favorite times with your extended family or the family you've made outside of the house? Uh, your, 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 your dear friends, the people that you hold on to, the people who you don't talk to for a year or two years, but when you do write them finally, it's like you never, it's like you, there was no time has passed at all. What are your favorite moments with those people in your communities? What are your blessings? Like if you believe in blessings, or even if you don't believe in blessings, what are your blessings? Because you, rhetorically, what do you believe in? Uh, and, and then we get this great memory. Uh, Christmas Eve, and this is a flashback, callback to Mike's Christmas books, uh, Stan and Jan's Christmas books. They were trudging home through the dark woods. They'd been sledding all day, and it got dark, and they trudge home, and they see the Christmas lights on their treehouse. And it's one of those beautiful Mike drawings of the treehouse that he loves to do with all the lights and all the snow. And they're just like, you know what? This is a special moment. It's a, it's a special moment. It wasn't the sledding. It wasn't the planning. It wasn't the we did this, that, and the other thing. It was simply being a family together, seeing your warm inviting home, realizing it's a warm inviting home. Maybe you don't have a warm inviting home. Maybe your home isn't a place you like to return to. Where do you like to go to? Uh, what are those wonderful memories? Uh, the moments where you could escape a thing that you weren't happy with, that made you uncomfortable, that made you, that didn't make you feel like you wished it made you feel. But where were the moments when you could escape that and find comfort? Who did you find comfort with? Uh, 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 and looking back, you know, how do you create that comfort in your own life? Uh, how do you help your family feel safe? How do you help your family feel loved and like a blessing that they are? Uh, even if your 12-year-old rolls their eyes and leaves the room when you try to tell her how much you love her, how do you let her know you love her? <laughs> Sometimes you just got to say, I love you and hope it sinks in. Uh, uh, when she gets out of the car and I'm like, I love you. And she goes, uh, I'm going to take that as a win. That's a win. That's a win. So uh, eventually the doorbell rings on cousin Fred, uncle Ned, aunt Min. I hope things aren't, I hope things aren't uncomfortable between Aunt Min and Uncle Tex. I mean, I guess they're not, but it could, they could have been. Uh, and Baby Teddy. Remember Baby Teddy? It's how we started off this whole thing. Our initial gift to the spirit. New baby. Uh, Gramps and Grant, Uncle Tex, and Aunt May. Aunt May and Aunt Min give each other a long, hard look. Just kidding. They're best friends. I mean, just kidding. They're not best friends. But it looks like Aunt May is wearing Uncle Min. Uh, it looks like Aunt May is wearing Aunt Min's old clothes. So I guess Tex kept those in the closet. Passed him on to the next wife. Aunt May picks up brother and gives him a bear hug. And Uncle Tex leans in and he's like, I hope you like your presents. And brother is just hoping against hope that it's a pair of boots and a cowboy hat. And I'm going to tell you right now, brother, not everyone can pull off a cowboy hat. Trust me, not everyone can pull off a cowboy hat. You think you can. You maybe spent a lot of money, a hundred bucks on that cowboy hat. Maybe it's a nice cowboy hat. You put it on. You know what you look like? A dork in a cowboy hat. That's what you look like. Not everyone has the, the, the bone structure to pull it off. We can't all be 
Uh, we can't all be Sam Elliott. God knows we can't. You know, everyone's beautiful in their own ways, but we're not 1970s lifeguard Sam Elliott beautiful. Tell you that. Nope, sometimes we are Phil Gonzalez beautiful, which is beautiful in its own way. Not everyone can see it, but it's, it's, it's gorgeous. Anyway, um, they sit down for cake and ice cream. They toot some horns. They sing happy birthday to brother. Happy birthday to your brother. Happy birthday to you. Uh, and to brother, it seems like the best birthday ever. And why? Because family is there. As far as he's concerned, the more family, the better. Uh, takes a deep breath, blows out the candles, and one mighty puff, way to go. They settle down to eat cake, and I have a question. And that question is, uh, why, wh why didn't brother get to have a party with his <laughs> friends? Why didn't brother get to have a party with his friends? I know it's a book about family. I'm hoping that he gets to have a, I mean, cousin Fred's there. I guess that's his best friend. But he, I know that brother has other friends. Does he get to have, yes, because in the birthday boy, he had all these other cubs over. Maybe he's gotten to an age where he's just like, I don't need a big birthday party. I don't need party favors and stuff. Make me a cake. Have the family over. I don't need a bunch of toys. Uncle Tex is going to bring me a hat that I'll wear once. People will give me weird looks. I won't wear it again. But that's cool. I'll hang it on the wall. It'll be the, the hat I hang on the wall. But you know what's not in this book? Papa Bear arguing with his father-in-law about the fact that he had to marry so many women in order to have his favorite child, Brother Bear. <laughs> Uh, as we know from the story of Jacob, uh, those other sons from these, those other women, they weren't the greatest people in the world. They did try to, they did fake their, their, their youngest, their, they did fake Joseph's death, uh, pretended a goat killed him, and uh, Joseph uh, was sold into slavery. And then he was bought uh, by, uh, what was it, like Potiphar? But then there was like the whole like adultery thing. And then uh, uh, Joseph only escaped being executed by having prophetic dreams, just like his dad. And then there was a musical written about him. And then it, it, it got complicated. It just got complicated. I mean, Jacob wrestled with an angel, didn't he? And then like Joseph went on to like, I mean, there was like the like the binding of Isaac. It, it, things got complicated. It, it, Genesis is a weird book because like you're like, oh, it's the it's the, the Garden of Eden and the Noah's Ark and then like lists and lists of names and then like stories about the worst families in the world and then more lists of names and then like it closes out with like, don't worry, don't worry, we're getting to the King David stuff. Don't worry, King David stuff. I don't know. It's a weird book. It's got a lot. It does a lot in it. So uh, that's the Berenstain Bears. Gifts to the spirit, family. And you know what? I do like family. I like my family a lot. I love them. Love them to death. And my extended family. If you're a member of my extended family, you know who you are. Uh, if you're not, maybe send me a cowboy hat, some new boots, and we'll talk. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining me. We have one more Gifts of the Spirit before the next ones come out, and I am super excited about covering it. Uh, I've really enjoyed these Gifts of the Spirit so far, and uh, when I said that they're like a puzzle that you put together, I totally mean it. These are a cumulative experience. They're nice books. They look great. I think Mike has outdone himself. Maybe I'm thinking a little bit too hard about them, but hey, this is Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bear cast. All I do is think too hard about the Berenstain Bears. And I want to thank these books again for really giving me a shot in the arm with this show because I'm actually, I'm excited about covering them each week. And that's no small thing. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BeStainBearCast. You can find me on Facebook at Deep in Bear Country. You can find me on YouTube at It's Phil, Phil Gonzalez, where I post these episodes and I post other things from other shows. Uh, so go like and subscribe that. Uh, and I will see you all next time deep in bear country.